Well, here's a big subject. And we can't do it justice today, but I'm going to throw out a few ideas. In biblical history, we have had the change of ages twice, and I believe with all my heart, we're in the third change. The first one is from the patriarchal system to the mosaic, Moses, the law. The next one was from the law to Christianity, grace, the covenant of grace. Each one of those changes from patriarchal to law had a radical change of the way we do business with God and the way we do business with each other. The religious system got revamped radically. You could not bring the old system into the new system. Even though you were bona fide God-fearer, God-lover in one, it did not work to, to serve God, love God, and engage with God the same way in the next uh, age. Going from the law to grace was exactly the same way. You know, this one is one we all know real well. We can't bring Judaism into Christianity. The law won't work in grace. And so we had to have a radical revamping of our belief system, our mindset. Each one of those approximately, approximately, is 2,000 years, give or take a few hundred years. And that's based on something that we don't have time to go into. But it's not only scientific, but it's obvious through biblical history, recorded biblical history. And then we can see it in natural history, how it displayed in uh, culture. I believe that we are passing from the age of, maybe we call it the church, to potentially the age of the kingdom age. That remains to be seen what we're going to call it because it's too new to have a moniker, a label on it. Give us 50 years, a couple hundred years, we might begin, you know, a consensus of what we call it. I think it could be called the glory of God age, could be called the sons of God age, could be called the heaven age, could be called the kingdom age. I don't know that. I'm not here to uh, mandate that name. But what I do believe with all my heart is an age shift is happening, and that will require all of us to let go of some things that have been our sacred cows. Yep. They've served the purpose very well. They were actually God-instituted. God ordained them. They weren't wrong. Nor are we assigning any wrongness. We're not trying to disparage them. But those who want to be the, you might say, forerunners, running, moving into the New Age, the discoverers, the pioneers of the fresh thing God's doing, I think we're going to have an, an adoption of new things that are that are going to agree with Scripture, but you're probably going to have to have rhema to see them in Scripture. In this age, the past age, rhema was given to see the things that were pertinent in that age. And that's all right and good. That's what empowered us to be effective in that age with the things that God ordained. In this age that's coming, it's emerging, we're already into it. We've crossed the threshold. We, ha we need some new things that are immersed. They're intricately kind of hidden. God has hidden them for those that he wants to find them. They're hidden in Scripture for us to be empowered to walk into the new things. Think of Peter, James, and John 
you know, just gnarly fishermen, smelly guys, you know, unlearned men, I think the scripture calls them. And they were raised under Judaism. They follow this young upstart guru guy called Jesus. And Jesus tells them some crazy stuff. Like, I can forgive sins, and I can heal people, and I can set people free, and I can blind, you know. And Jesus eventually authorizes, lays hands on them, commissions them to start the church of Jesus Christ in the earth. Oh, that touches me so deeply because I think people like you watching today and me and others around me are being commissioned to be just those kinds of people like Peter, James, and John, born in one age, straddle over the crossing, the threshold into a new age, and learning some new MO that's going to be so empowered as to shift the culture of men and women's minds and to bring about a brand new emergence of God reality, reality of God in the earth. Part of that, I believe, if I was be, uh, to be asked, if you're to ask, well, what does that look like? I don't know a lot of it because we're so early on. But this is one hallmark that I think is going to be profound. We're going to have experience, reality, and experiential reality in heavenly places more than has ever happened throughout all of Scripture. Now, it's recorded in Scripture for sure. And we could take hours and, and re, uh, to uh, exposit what's in Scripture. It's also in modern history, especially through the Catholic mystics, which were real God-fearers, God-lovers. So it's recorded in biblical and modern history. But uh, I believe God is make it, going to make it wholesale available. There's a key word, wholesale available to those who want to walk in the now things of God. Now, what's that going to look like? Well, I believe you're going to have encounters and partnerships with angels. Yep. And we could, we could identify that in Scripture, fortify it with uh, Hebrews 12, 22. You've come to Mount Zion, past tense, a done deal deal. You've come to Mount Zion, a city of God, the new Jerusalem. And what are you going to see? The first thing you're going to encounter, innumerable angels in joyful assembly. And here's another one. This is kind of dangerous territory. But it's the next thing in that little passage. It says, And the church of the firstborn and all those whose names are registered in heaven. I believe that you and I are going to find some partnership. Certainly know how to integrate with not only angels, but saints. And other heavenly beings that are named in Scripture, but haven't been largely opened up to the body of Christ until now. Now you say this thing about saints, that really scares me. I think Paul was talking about that a little bit when he said at one point, I've determined from now on not to know anyone according to the flesh. Somehow his spiritual eyes, and I think maybe even his heavenly eyes, were being opened to see each other, see us. And he is an example for us to see each other with heavenly eyes, eyes of what we look like in the heavenly places. And so that's just two things uh, that will be hallmarks of the above-the-line experience in this newly emerging age. Here's another one, traveling in the Spirit. Now, it's obviously scriptural. 
it's definitely in the scriptural scripture and scripture says these things are given to us as examples for us so whatever jesus did here's a little motto whatever jesus was and whatever jesus did is what we can be and what we can do in fact he said i'm going to do the low level stuff i want you guys to do the greater stuff i know you didn't hear quite in those words but you know, greater things than these shall you do. There it is, right there in Scripture. I'm going to do the low-level stuff so you can do the greater stuff. Guys and gals, stuff that Jesus didn't do because if he did, they wouldn't have crucified him. He said, I'm going to willingly hold myself back. Oh, boy. Parenthetically, that just makes me fall in love with Jesus even more. He withheld himself so that you really go to the cross so you and I could do the greater stuff. And he reserved it for an age to come. And let me tell you, here's a verse. Ephesians 2, 7. It says, it's carrying on through things. It says that the riches of grace would be made manifest in the ages to come. There are riches in grace that I think Paul didn't even know. And he said in the ages to come, there will be, be, there will be those who will be born in those ages that will know more about the riches of grace than even he knows. I dare say, with all of the rhema around the world about grace and God and the kingdom and all, we probably even know more than Paul. I'm not saying that authoritatively. I'm just saying casually, just look around. We have more brilliant minds and impassioned hearts searching the mind of God, proliferating our bookshelves with understanding. Now, it doesn't eclipse Paul, but it might be more proliferated than Paul meaning more voluminous than Paul. I don't know. Just a thought. So travel in the spirit. Travel in the natural. Jesus did it. He showed up in the upper room after the uh, crucifixion through locked doors. Golly, what's that about? And if Jesus did it, that's his ticket, his permission granted. Speaking of permission ministries, permission granted to do whatever he does. You can do it too. And there's just a ton more things that we could talk about, but I believe those are going to be some of the first fruits that personally I've experienced. I'm not a flippant, fickle, flighty guy. I'm a guy, anybody who knows me, I'm a solid guy who doesn't have failure in my background. I don't go out on detours and have to retract and regroup. That's whatever I begin to speak, it's because I've spent literally years at, a, at vetting or qualifying my convictions for this time. I've had experiences with angels, not many compared to some, but more than I have all my life previously. I have experience with, I believe, with saints. And uh, it's uh, getting exciting. I've traveled in the spirit. I don't know that I've traveled in the natural, in the flesh, but I definitely have traveled in the spirit. And I'm telling you, it excites this pioneer. And if you got pioneer in you, it will be your ticket to ride. Uh, let me just say, if you're experiencing any boredom with Christianity, it might be because you've exhausted the grace for earthbound Christianity. You might want to explore what Jesus said is available, what Scripture says is available above the line in the heavenly places.
that might just be your new lease on life. It has been for me. Life, I've read more books that have caused me to weep, caused my heart to be stirred. Even as it says of Jesus, he was consumed with zeal for his father's house. Something has happened to me in the last few years, three to five years. Something is coming alive and I'm just like, God, Christianity, walking with God has never been more alive than this, than this time period. Uh, and I've been a believer essentially all my life. I've been in ministry most of my life. And uh, I would truly say without any qualms, I would say my heart is more tender towards God and I have more rhema in God. And I have more experience in God than I've had maybe in all my life put together. It's a good thing, my friends. I invite you into Above the Line.